Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello everyone, Rob Guest from Football.London here and welcome to the latest episode of Gold and Guest Talk Tottenham. It was a, a win for Tottenham last night in the Europa Conference League, a 5-1 victory over NS Mura at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. A much-needed win as well after Sunday's defeat against Arsenal in the Premier League. As ever, I am joined by Alistair Gold, who was at the game last night. So we will be reflecting on that 5-1 win and also looking ahead to Sunday's Premier League clash against Aston Villa. Ali, how are you? I expect a lot, lot better after Sunday. Yeah, a little bit better, a little bit better. wouldn't say a lot. You know, we won't start kind of buying our DVDs or getting the Open Top uh, bus parade sorted, but... Uh, the road to Tirana is uh, we're we're getting further along it. Um, I know you're very excited about that road and where it leads, but uh, it was better. It was a win to talk about, and we've got to obviously be very mindful of the opposition, who were the weakest team in the group. But it's something positive to talk about. We've got some good little bits and pieces to talk about, and what that means for the Villa match as well. Yeah, plenty to discuss, so we'll get straight into the game. So, as I said, a 5-1 win, a really, really fast start from Spurs. Deli Alley scoring the penalty after four minutes. Then four minutes later, Giovanni Celso found the uh, top of the net with a great finish from a tight angle. Uh, Miura got back into the game with a fantastic volley just after half time. And then Nuno Espirito Santo made the triple substitution, what saw Harry Kane and Lucas Mora and Son Kyung Min come on. And it was Kane who got a hat-trick with uh, 30 minutes to go. So good night all in all. Uh, a decent performance at times. Uh, I think second half, especially in the final 30 minutes, Spurs looked good with Lacelso moving to more number to a more central role in the number 10 position. Started off well, there was a bit of a lull probably, 20 minutes to go in the first half. But at the end of the day, it's three points on the board and I think a much needed three points as well, given the draw against Wren in the first game. So what did you make of the uh, performance then, Ali? Happy with what you saw? Yeah, I think at the end of the day, you probably do have to be. I'd say... The fast start maybe set us up for, you know, I mean, we were remarking uh, on this earlier, one of our colleagues in the press box, Jonathan Veal from PA, did joke to us, I want a minimum of 8-0 now, which, you know, <laughs> to be fair, they got to they got to within three goals, I guess, of it. But I just, I don't know, we kind of got those little burst of early goals and then I felt Spurs struggled a little bit. I wouldn't say they were ever in any real danger, but they just maybe lost a little bit of their rhythm up front. Um, and, you know, I think a lot of that will be because of maybe the way they were set up with Lacelso playing a deeper role and Ali playing further up, which obviously did terrific things from the first eight minutes. But as the game kind of wore on, the the creativity maybe was slightly lopsided. And I think we saw when Lacelso moved a bit forward that that changed. And then, yeah, like you say, there was probably... 
definitely the 15 minutes before halftime or probably 15 minutes afterwards, there was this real lull. Um, Murrah scored their goal, which was a Kuss, was it Ziggy Kuss scored the goal. It was a really, really good finish. Really, really good. Um, and then I've been having a little bit of a debate with some people after the game and, and this morning on social media because I, I didn't like how it was being painted that essentially the three subs that were brought on were to save the match and Spurs were in huge danger. And I just didn't feel that at all. I felt that Murad scored a terrific goal. And yes, they were getting a little bit more of the ball. But I think to kind of go as far to say as they were a real threat. I saw someone tweeting me earlier saying they were all over Tottenham. <laughs> I said, no, they weren't all over anything. They, they had the one shot on goal that they scored from. that. Galini, other than that, had nothing else to do in the match. They never really threatened to get into Spurs' box even. Um, I don't wouldn't say he was rescuing the result or anything like that. I think he was just, as you do as a manager, adding a bit of impetus into your team, a bit of fresh energy and bringing on your subs. It just so happened that because of the makeup of the team on the night, those three subs were three big players because the big players were on the bench rather than on the pitch. Um, and it did the job. It you know it worked well. All three players were now going to the Villa game with a little bit more confidence. Kane especially should have that little. It doesn't matter who you're playing, whether it's a a Sunday League side, whether it's a European side, whether it's a Premier League side. You score three goals, it still just makes you feel like a goal scorer again. It just gets you in the mood. And I thought Son looked really bright down the left. Was really taking players on, and I think that's just good for him because I feel he's maybe gone off slightly off the boil in doing that. So I think it was one of those where I felt a little bit sorry for Nuno. In, like, in any other situation, the manager makes three changes. One of the subs scores three goals. The other two subs both get an assist each. That manager would be getting praise for his substitutions. And it was a bit like, oh, you're just doing it to save your job. And it's like, oh, he can't really win either way. You know, one five one, And people still coming out with stuff, you know. And I'm not a massive fan of all of that, as you well know. Um, but yeah, positive night really. They they did what they had to do, and hopefully no injuries, and it sets them up nicely for Sunday just to go in without the bad feeling that they took out of the Emirates the other day. I don't think it was the ninety minute performance that everyone wanted, but I think it was a good showing overall. Uh, I think a lot of players will probably take confidence from that, especially like you said, Kane and Son. I think goal scorers, it doesn't matter how a goal goes in, whether it goes in off the backside or if it's a screamer from 30 yards. A goal is a goal. And for me, I think this is a probably a, a competition where you can rest the likes of Kane and Son and give the youngsters like Dane Scarlett and Brian Hill a chance. But given the recent results, I think it was nice for them to come on and, you know, have a big impact and get some confidence back into themselves. So hopefully that does bode well for uh, Aston Villa on Sunday. And then if you get a win, the issue now you've got is, oh, it's international break. We're going to have to wait another two weeks to play again rather than having another game in uh, a few days' time. But that's the case with uh, the calendar as it is across football. It's been like that for a while now. But I think Nuno will be... Uh, feeling a lot, lot better after Thursday's win, given what unfolded at the Emirates on Sunday. And I think players as well. I'll take uh, a lot of confidence into uh, the game on Sunday against Aston Villa. What I was going to say is uh, 
Dane Scarlett, obviously he started the game. What did you make performance? I thought he looked bright. I thought some good bits linked up well with Deli Alley a couple of times early on. A really good dummy on one of their players uh, towards the end of the first half. Uh, looked to be bursting into the box, ready to get a shot away until one of the, uh, their defenders got back with a well-timed tackle. Not so many chances on goal for him, but certainly some promising aspects to his display. Yeah, I think we've got to remember that, you know, he's only just turned 17 recently. Essentially, every time he steps onto the pitch right now, it's like going into the classroom. He's learning all of these different things about how to play in, you know, essentially against adults, really. You know, he's used to playing more academy football. Um, and this is kind of his big moments in in playing against, you know, it doesn't matter who the opposition is, it's, it's playing against grown men and the physical nature of that and what that brings. And and I felt this was a slight step up on his performance in Pesos, a little bit better than that. So like you say, some nice turns, nice twists, nice touches, nice link-up play. I'd say where he's still learning his trade very much is his is his movement, presenting himself as an option for players to pass to. Um, definitely the physical side of his game. He's got to hold up the ball a little bit better than he is. Um, but again, you know, just turned 17. We're not talking about a Wayne Rooney freak of nature, physical style, like he's a grown man. He's very much is a, is a teenager still filling out and all of that. Um, and obviously, as well, the service wasn't incredible into him. Wasn't as bad as it was in Pesos. But yes, I would say if... You know, I'm not going to say he'd have scored a hat-trick in 20 minutes or so, but having him on the pitch with Son and Lucas either side of him and Lacelso pulling the strings just behind him, he might have got a couple of chances to score. He also did have a couple of unfortunate moments when he slipped in the box at like really kind of just badly timed moments. Um, but yeah, it's, it's all a lesson. Um, I don't think it hides the fact that we. I still believe Tottenham should have brought in another striker. I think um, it's good that he's getting these minutes and hopefully it will be for the future. And, you know, if you want to learn from anyone on the training ground, Harry Kane is your man. But I still feel that Tottenham, just on nights like this, if you just had that slightly more experienced striker with um, Scarlett still learning as he goes, you probably wouldn't have even needed Harry Kane last night. As you know, I don't want to go back to the past, but let's say a Carlos Vinicius Carlos Vinicius would have probably scored a few goals last night. Let's be honest. I think he would have. Um, and that's not to say that's his level, which some people might say. But last year in the Europa League, that was kind of where he cleaned up, wasn't it? So, yeah, I do feel that was a bit of a failing of Tottenham. But that, that's no slight on Dane Scarlett whatsoever. He's still learning his trade, and I think he will be a top player to come if he just keeps his head down and works hard. It's the perfect competition, really, for him because he's going to be given minutes and the one thing he does need if he's to become this future star for the club is minutes on the pitch. I don't think you can just put him straight into the team in the Premier League and go, yeah, he's going to score goal after goal, say like Harry Kane does. I think it's just about building him up uh, at the moment and I think Nuno and his coaching staff will know the best uh, plan in regard to Dane and I think that is just giving him the minutes. So, Fingers crossed we will see him in the starting 11 when the team travel to Vitesse in later this month and just under three weeks now, given that the international break is coming up. So we'll move on from Dane. Another Tottenham Academy player who did extremely well was Oliver Skip. He wasn't in the starting lineup against Chelsea and Arsenal in the recent games. Came on at the Emirates after 45 minutes 
played well. I think one of the probably two bright spots from the game. Uh, and then last night, like he did the previous week at Wolves, I think he just totally dominated the midfield, won the midfield battle, played really well. I mean, you, you were saying before the game, you fancied him to uh, score a goal and he wasn't yeah. far off, to be honest, was he, for no, that he run from midfield? He did. So. He went close. Yeah, it's, it was another... It's one of those where I, I really felt that when Nuno was talking after the Arsenal game about picking the wrong players, reading between the lines, I think he was talking about Oliver Skip. I think he'd realised if his game plan was what it was at the Emirates, it needed Oliver Skip in the middle, um, especially after playing so well at Wolves. It was a bit of a an odd one for me. It was kind of taking out one, probably arguably your best player on the night and not using him in the next match, which I just I never get that kind of that thinking. Um, yeah, Skippy played really well again. Um, we had a press conference after actually with him, which we'll, you'll have the quotes over this weekend from. And I had to really, I was really close to calling him Skippy when I asked a question. I, just, I had to stop myself at the last second. It's like, that's way too familiar. Um, but yeah, he um, he did well again. And I still find it odd that I still get people on Twitter saying stuff like, oh, you know, he's just another Tom Carroll. He just passes sideways. And I think what I'll always say about these kind of players, that maybe it's, I don't know, I don't want to say it's because we're at the ground, maybe we see more, or maybe just because of our jobs, we kind of have to look slightly deeper into performances. But I just wonder whether when we have these players that are maybe more defensively minded, are meant to be defensively minded, you don't notice the good stuff they do because it's not eye-catching. It's not the kind of stuff that makes match of the day or the highlights or or just catches your eye in general. But I think Oliver Skip just... I I, I go. I wrote it this morning in my talking points. I'd go as far to say I think he will be the best player to come out of Tottenham's academy since Harry Kane. I do think he will because I think in terms of everything he's got about his game because he can do all the defensive stuff. He can be the anchor man. He can sit there and mop up. But I also feel that when he's confident, as we've seen, he's got such lovely technique and the way he uses the ball and he can spread the ball out to the wing so well. He can thread a through ball as well. I just just hasn't really had the opportunity to do so yet. Um, and I just feel like Spurs really, we're at the stage where I think, and I think Nuno's close, to be honest. The way he talks about him when I ask him questions, I think he should just be in that midfield and that's it. You start building the midfield around him for your long-term future. I think he will be that good for Tottenham. You know, you go to anyone at Norwich and ask them how pivotal Oliver Skip was to them last year when in championship. In his first year as a regular kind of playing footballer, it was incredible. You know, I wrote in my talking points as well, go and ask the Netherlands under-21 team, go watch that little clip of them talking at half-time after facing him in an under-21s match. They were just like... He's so annoying. He doesn't lose the ball and he turns like Frankie de Jong. He takes the ball away from you. He is, I think sometimes we don't know what we've got when we've got academy players and stuff. I think we like to build them up and then we very quickly want someone, you know, foreign and sexy. I think I called him Oliver, if his name was Oliver, Oliver Scipionio or something, <laughs> I think maybe, maybe get a little bit more kind of excitement around him. Um, I think he's such such a top, top young player. Um, and he was very, very good again. And hopefully that'll be him now back in the side for Villa because I think Spurs need him against Villa. They really do. I just feel with like midfielders, it, it seems to be some people think, well, if you're not scoring or you're not setting up goals, then what exactly yeah. are you doing? And it reminds me a bit of 
Michael Carrick because he was a player yeah. who perhaps wasn't sure. appreciated by a lot, a lot of uh, fans because, like he says, he wouldn't score the goals, he wouldn't score the assists. But I think he's probably a player's player. Now, if you have a look at the amount of ex-players who's played with Carrick and they're asked to name an 11, Carrick will be in there nine times out of ten. So he does, you know, the work that perhaps goes unnoticed and this thing skips a bit like that. I think he's a really, really good player. I think he's come on so much over the past year and I think he's going to be a key player for Tottenham and England as well in the future. I can definitely see him yeah. breaking into that England squad at some point. We'll move on to another youngster now, Brian Hill. He was given his chance in the team. Started on the left. I think he deserved his uh, start after what he did against Arsenal the other day. He, you know, always looks to get on the ball, looks to drive at the opponent. And I think there was a bit of a, a wow moment towards the end of the first half when yeah. Pierluigi Gallini's long kick up field. It looked like the Mora defender was going to head it away. But then Gill with his uh, right foot went quite high, didn't he? Just flicked it over him and then ran past him. Uh, I think everyone was just like gasping at what he'd done and then just mm. like burst into applause. So that was really good. He only had an hour on the pitch though, as uh, he was one of those to make way with Lucas Son and Kane coming on. Has Gil done enough then to get in the team against Villa this weekend? I'm going to be a bit brutal and probably say no, um, purely because I thought he was really positive against Wolves, that he was really positive against Arsenal, and he had some nice moments last night. Um, like you say, that that was a lovely moment. And he gets the crowd on their feet. He's one of those players. He does. He loves to just, you know, we got the opportunity to interview him um, ahead of the game. And, you know, he just said, I just I just love one-on-one situations. That's what I kind of play the game for and everything. Um, and I just felt he didn't maybe produce quite enough last night to nudge him ahead. Um, I, I mean, let's, let's be honest, his... his Opposition to get in the team is probably Son and uh, Lucas, and obviously both of them got an assist last night, and and the kind of showed probably Nuno why why he's the, they're the ones that he can trust kind of thing. Um, so I wouldn't say he's probably done quite enough, but I think he's showing with each passing match how he's adapting to Tottenham and the kind of obviously not the Premier League last night, but adapting to life in England. Um, and I think he will be a really really good acquisition for Spurs. Um, he's, he admitted the other day that he's been told by the club that he's got to he's got to bulk up a little bit. He's got to add a little bit more strength to what he does, um, and he's got to get a bit fitter. He's still not probably physically fit enough for the rigors of the Premier League for ninety minutes. Um, what's the other? Thing? Oh, learn English. That was his third one. He had three things he had to learn, so he's got to learn English. Although you could tell he he, le- he knew little things, like he said to his translator at one point, "Left winger," and it was like, "Oh, nice." <laughs> um, so he's coming along nicely. But yeah, against Villa, maybe not unless, I mean, we'll talk about it a bit, but unless he moves Lucas inside into a number 10 role, that's the only way I could maybe see it. One player who could have played his way into the Villa team is Giovanni Lo Celso. He, again, was started out wide on the right. Uh, Nuno's played him there this season in a front three but he was in one of the three behind Dane Scarlett last night. And I think what you notice about him is 
because it obviously is a central midfielder by trade. It just naturally, he drifts inside time and time again. Mm. And that's what you saw with his goal. He wasn't out on the right when maybe people expected him to be. He was right in the middle, just got on the end of Harry Winks's uh, lofted ball over the top there. A really good finish. And Lacelso played well, especially in the final 30 minutes when he moved centrally. Obviously, he had players such as Son and Lucas buzzing around him. He had Harry Kane's movement. Uh, ahead of him so I think that just brought out the best of him and hopefully Nuno might have discovered his uh, best position to play La Celsa. so just I think it works for him out on the right in the front three but I think if he's central in an attacking role in the number 10 then I think you can get the best out of him would you agree with that? Yeah I think um, he Started really well. Like you say, his best moment coming through the centre, really, when he took um, took on Harry Winks's pass and, and scored. It was a lovely finish, actually. Um, and then I think he was going a little bit the way of Deli Alley in that both of them were kind of drifting out of the match slightly. But then, obviously, whereas Deli came off, Lacelso was invigorated by a change of position and having those players around him. And I felt in that playmaker role in the number 10 role, it just... He's able to do so much more. I'm not a huge fan of shoving him out on the wings. I don't think it does the team or him any favours. Um, obviously, for Argentina, he plays in that deeper role on the left of a midfield three. But I just wonder for Tottenham, you know, would he suit that number 10 role? Um, it's a funny one, Gio. It's like sometimes he looks absolutely unplayable. And he's also got that aggressive play to his game, which is excellent. And then sometimes just kind of drifts out of matches. And you just kind of wonder why. And, and sometimes he's like not really tracking back or putting in tackles. And, and I don't know why, because it, he's not like that. He's normally quite aggressive in what he does and he drives the team on. But he just does have these periods of play where he kind of drifts out. And maybe put him in more centrally, make sure that he's constantly involved in the action rather than having to stay out wide where sometimes you don't see the ball. Um, I'd be intrigued to see if he's physically okay I watched him when he came out to do his interviews after the game he had a little bit of a limp on him um that may just be that it's just knackered or he's cramped up or something um that was before he gave away you know even his shorts to one fan on the sideline <laughs> which you know it's not often you can say you stood in your pants on the turf at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium but Gio also did um yeah he's a funny one Gio it's like if we've got a pick between if you've got a pick between a number 10 your um your game against Villa, you know, I'm sure we'll talk about this in a moment, but you know, you've got him, Delhi, Tongi, Lucas, Hill. There's actually quite a bit of competition for that role. Um, I just wonder whether his performance in that last 25 minutes or so, whether it's enough to like nab him the role. In terms of Lacelsa, I think what everyone wants to know, because what was announced a few days ago was he's back in the Argentina squad, given what happened the last month wasn't it, against Brazil, where the uh, health officials came on the pitch and yes. tried to stop the game after what, six or seven minutes. So yeah. Lacelso and Christian Romero are in uh, the Argentina squad for their World Cup qualifiers. Davinton Sanchez is in Colombia's and Emerson Ryle in Brazil's but with the previous 10-day quarantine period where three of the players spent in Croatia it looks like now they'll be able to spend it at Hotspur away uh, providing of course they are all double jabbed so they would be able to go back into that bubble 
with the rest of the Spurs players and then play and train. So I think that's certainly one positive to come out. What was a complete farce, wasn't it, last month? <laughs> It was ridiculous. Let's be honest. Spurs will still find another way to make something possible. <laughs> I'm sure they will. But in this respect, yes, I understand that all four of the South American lads called up to go on international duty are covered by this exemption with um, vaccinated footballers, yeah, being able to come back and train and play. Um, I think certainly in Romero's case, he got one of these single jabs that they're doing in Europe, which kind of covers you the same as... as um, as two. I don't know whether Emerson maybe would be the same then, but but either way, I understand that all four um, you know, qualify for this exemption, which is is great news for Tom. And I think it's great news for someone like Christian Romero. You know, he's just been so in and out since coming to Tottenham. And whereas this now just lets him have a proper run playing in the team week in, week out, hopefully, um, and really building kind of, I think he can be the rock of that Tottenham back line. You know, I'm not talking about Dwayne Johnson, the actual, you know, the rock of this, <laughs> of this back line. I was probably lost on you slightly, wasn't it, with your movie habits? No, but, uh, I knew. I knew what you were on you about. It was just bad. That, that's good. Um, so, yeah, I think it's good for Romero. I think it's good for La Celso. Um because this is the thing, I, I don't think per se that those kind of players going away and playing for their country is a bad thing as long as they don't get injured. I do think playing in, in top level matches, you know, and, and among uh, with other top level players is a bad thing. I'd say probably they're squeezing too many matches in. I'd definitely say that, you know, with obviously with the uh, the qualifiers kind of knocked out before, they're, they're just squeezing so many games in. It's like three in every single window now. And we were talking yesterday, I think there may even be some more in January coming as well. Um, so yes, I think there has to be some kind of logic with the countries, you know, the, the FAs, there has to be some kind of players don't play all three matches and they slightly change things up for the third game or something. But, um, yeah, it's good news for Tottenham because that just was one of the things I felt cut Nuno off at the knees really was suddenly losing his three South American players as well as all the injuries he had. So just fingers crossed for no injuries this time. Yeah, then like you said, it's you're fine if they're going away and playing the games when a lot of them do need to be playing. It's just when they're coming back and they're having to go to Croatia for 10 days or quarantine, that's yeah. when it just gets completely messy because you've got players like Lacelso, who his whole Tottenham career so far has just been stop-start, stop-start from yeah. injuries, fitness issues. Romero... As you mentioned, we've not really seen a lot of him in, in no, the Premier League. No Celso than low Celso. Yeah, right. No. <laughs> Apologies <laughs> for that. So, yeah, I think it's a good thing that, you know, the players can just come back and just get on with it. Because, like you said, there's just so many international breaks in the season now. It's the last thing you need. So, yeah, we'll, uh, I think after that, we'll move on to the Aston Villa game. Uh, it's going to be a tough one this weekend. Villa coming to it off the back of two very good wins, one against Everton and the other against Manchester United. So I think they'll be bang up for it and they'll be uh, looking to make it two wins on the spin at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium after what was a terrible day back in May. Was it Sergio uh, Regland's terrible own goal? The volley oh, into the uh, back of the net. 
So yeah, I mean, if they'd have won that game, I don't think would would have been on the uh, the road to Tirana in the Europa Conference no. League. But I suppose that's one positive. We have got the Europa Conference League this season for the very first time. So yeah, getting on that's to Villa then. I love that that's how you took from that. Sorry, I'm still chuckling at my no sell sign, which was so bad it actually made me laugh. Um, yeah, but no, Villa, Villa will be a tough one. It, it's, it's a game that um, you know Spurs had two really tight matches, didn't they, against them last season? One kind of helped Mourinho out away, where they got that scrappy victory, and the one at home for it was Ryan Mason, obviously, was just oh, it was shocking. And yeah, we got the shouts from the crowd at Levy afterwards. We got that shambolic lap of honour, which is massively in quote marks because there was no honour whatsoever in it. <laughs> um, it was just a disaster. And yeah, Villa have, you know, last couple of games really kind of started to turn up. And there's the added thing of two players up front for them that Spurs were interested in, in Ollie Watkins and Danny Ings as well, but for differing reasons, didn't go for them. And obviously, Ollie Watkins has proved to be a, a really good Premier League player and an England player as well now. Um, and that makes the decision maybe not to go up to the 30 million look a little bit silly because um, you do wonder what Watkins... And this is... You know, this is without saying Watkins may well have turned around and said, well, I don't want to come and play and sit on the bench anyway, Harry Kane. That may be the case. But had they been able to secure him as a backup for Harry Kane or even playing alongside him at times, I think that could have made a difference in a lot of matches. Um, but there you go. The Spurs make their decisions. And um, they, uh, yeah, that was Carlos Vinicius, wasn't it? That was that summer, wasn't it? That they went for him instead and... Uh, you know, he did what he did in Europe, probably not so much in the Premier League. Um, but Watkins has proved himself. Ings has proved himself. Dr. Tottenham, as they're sometimes called, <laughs> may help that partnership come to uh, come to fruition. But uh, I hope not. I think Spurs really have to go into this international break with some momentum. Like you say, it's a pain in the backside that it gets interrupted if they do. But I just worry that if they don't at least put in a really good performance then just those noise around the club is just going to grow and grow over the next two weeks. I think three points is a must given the previous results. But I think what's also vitally important is a performance. Even if the draw, you want a solid performance for 90 minutes from the very first whistle to the last. And hopefully we do get that this weekend because there's the players in there to make Spurs, you know, tick and get a good result against Villa. In terms of the Tottenham team, then we'll we'll start with the formation. What formation do you think Nuno will go for? Do you think he'll go for the usual four-three-three in the league, or do you think after what he saw last night, he'll go with the four-two-three-one? I hope the latter. I mean, there's some suggestions. Villa. Some of the people I was talking to at Villa, they were wondering whether because Villa have gone to back three, will. Nuno use that as a as a reason to go back to his favourite back three that he used with Wolves. But I personally think the 4-2-3-1 works better for Tottenham. I think it gives them more players further up the pitch, but also gives them the two players sitting that little bit deeper so we don't get, you know, Jamie Carragher, we've all seen the analysis now, it's really good of how the Tottenham midfield against Arsenal was just like Hoybier and then Ondemele and Delhi practically on the edge of the penalty area, um, the Arsenal one. It was just an absolute shambles of a midfield. Um, so I think if you've got Skip and Hoybier there, Skip 
sitting there and it just allows Hoybier to, to kind of be that box-to-box player, then that gives the three three ahead just license to kind of really go for it. And if you do have, let's say, a, a La Celso or a Delhi, then you've got someone that can drop back if needed into that midfield. I just think it's a more fluid formation, it, one that gives you so many more options. It can quickly become a 4-3-3. It can change into so many different formations. I do like it. Um, so, yeah, that's our starting point. What are you thinking player-wise, personnel? Well, we'll start from the back, obviously. It's going to be Larice and goal, Regalon. I'll be left back. Right back, I'd probably give Emerson a go. So I thought he did all right against Arsenal when he came on. And I think, obviously, yeah. you bought him for a, a big fee. We didn't see any of the summer signings in the starting eleven against Arsenal. Surely there's got to be a point when they do come into to it. So I'd go with Emerson at right back. Uh, perhaps if Jack Grealish was still at Aston Villa down the left, then I might be more inclined to go for Tanganga. But I'll give Emerson yeah. the go. Who hasn't played now. Uh, if, if if in your team, that will mean he would not have played since coming off at the Emirates at half-time. He didn't appear at all yesterday, did he? Tanganga, no. No. Yeah. Uh no, he didn't. So centre back, time for Romero to come back in. I think yep. I'd go for Joe Roden, and I think you might as well. I, would. I, 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 I think going forward, I think that could be a really good pairing. I don't think that will be the pairing on Sunday. I'd be surprised. No. I think I think Eric Dyer probably comes back in. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be interesting, really. I think, as you said. That could well be the future pairing. It's whether Nuno's mm. brave enough to just go for it right now. But Eric Darren, Davinson Sanchez did start off the season really well. And it's just really the, you know, the Aston, uh, sorry, the Arsenal game where it's just completely backfired. So, yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's going to be interesting. I think Romero will be in. I'm not yeah. sure about the other position. Well, if it was me, I would go Roden and I'd just go Roden and Romero. That's your long-term partnership. Just go Rob for guest, it. Rob member of the Welsh Mafia. Yeah. Then midfield, <laughs> uh, I agree with you. Skipping Hoybier is the holding. Uh, I'd then go with Lucas on the right, Son on the left. I think if I was picking the team straight after the Arsenal game, I'd put Brian Hill in. Yeah. But I think after seeing Lo Celso play well in the number 10 role, I think it would perhaps be harsh to drop him after a goal. Uh, no, it's only... No, no. And then Lo Celso did get an assist and he did put a really good ball in. Was it for Kane's first? The quick sweeping pass through to Son, who then went through and squared yeah, it. I think that was right, Kane's yeah. first. So, yeah. No, I wouldn't go with Tongi. Uh, I'd go with Lacelso on the back of Thursday, but this is a good thing for Nuno. He's got decisions to make, and uh, it can only be good for the team when you've got players like Delhi, uh, Tongi, Brian Hill, Lacelso, who can all play in this number 10 role. Mm. So I'm going to go with you would start Tongi or not. That's a tough one. It's a tough one. I'd say I'd agree that Lacelso, I think, did enough to maybe get the, to put himself in a good shout. I think we also, of course, have to caveat it with the opposition and who they were. I personally have always felt that 
although I don't think he sees it as his natural position, Tongi, I think Tongi as a number 10 without the defensive duties, you know, could be terrific. I think he can play the through balls. I think he can run into the box himself. I think he can do a lot of the things you need. And I do wonder whether the fact that he didn't even bring him on yesterday was one that didn't get any game time, whether that means he's starting on Sunday. Um, I think it's a tough one. I think, I think you know, he seems to really be keen on Delhi Ali as well. So Delhi will obviously will be a contender and having come off a bit earlier. Personally, I, oh, it's a really tough one. It's a really, really tough one. I think Lacelso has maybe earned it. But I do wonder with Lacelso's fitness whether he's ready to start again that quickly. So I would maybe go for Tongi just purely because of that. Um, but yeah, it's not down to me anyway. It's Nuno. But I think we can agree on Harry Kane up front. Yeah, then that's a pretty straightforward <laughs> decision. Uh, what I was going to say regarding Lacelso and Endombele, if it is Lacelso on the bench, you've got a player who can come on and hopefully change things because he mm. will be uh, top top form really at the moment especially after Thursday he'll be full of confidence and you've got someone in end on belly if he's the one on the bench who can you know make things happen give Spurs a much needed spark in the final third so there's some decisions to be made there some tough calls but it's always good to have a selection headache I think for a manager yes much better so to I have too many players and not enough Exactly. So I think all eyes will be on the team sheet come 1pm because there's some key decisions to be made as Spurs look to get back to winning ways after what was an absolutely horrific month, September. At least it's finished on a positive note with the NS Mora win. So yeah, so October, a new month, hopefully new beginnings and that'll hopefully see Tottenham getting back to winning ways in the Premier League and then We've also got the Europa Conference League and then the Carabao Cup as well this month. So games keep coming thick and fast. Right, I think we'll leave that there for today's latest episode of Golden Guest Top Tottenham. It was only going to be uh, a short one ahead of this weekend's game against Villa. But I'm sure we'll be back Monday, aren't we, to look back yes. on the Villa game and... I don't know, I don't know. What else we'll be talking about since the international <laughs> break? But I'm sure there'll be, there'll be plenty Chaos, more to wear. Probably, yeah. There'll be plenty more to uh, discuss anyway. So, as ever, thank you for joining us. If you would like to leave us a review and the rating on iTunes, that would be very much appreciated. And as always, just keep with us at football.london for all your latest Tottenham news.